We're Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. So as Steve mentioned, we're in the midst of a series called Testify. Um, It's all about revealing God's nature and different characteristics of God through teaching and through testimony. Um, And so I feel so honored to be here today um, to share our testimony um, and speak to the forever faithful God. So that is the characteristic that I'm going to be covering today. Um, This is just, this is a very amazing, incredible, powerful moment for me right now to be standing up here because in the midst of our journey, I literally asked God for this exact moment. Um, I asked him, I said, God, use this, use our story, use our pain. Give me stage one day, bringing glory to his name and testifying to his faithfulness before I'd seen the miracle in our lives. And so I've just got goosebumps, just wow, just in awe of God that I'm actually standing up here today and, um, and just how incredibly faithful he's been to us. So um, I pray that this, what I share this morning just brings hope and encouragement to you and that God speaks to your heart and your situation, uh, whatever it is that you're going through currently at the moment. Um, Now, I know many of you do know our story um, and the testimony that God has written um, to bring glory to his name, but if you're visiting today or you don't know our story, um, I'm going to take just a couple minutes to catch everybody up. Um, So once I've walked through just the highlights of our story, um, I'd then like to really focus on how God was faithful to us during our journey, um, during the season of struggle, not just in giving us the answers and the the promise that he'd given us um, and his faithfulness in answering the prayer, but really his faithfulness in the struggle. Um, We know that every time a testimony is spoken, God's power is released, so I pray um, for his power to be released today, but also the power of testimony is not just in the answer, it's also in the whole testimony and the whole journey. And so that's where I'm going to focus. So once I've walked through my story, I'm then going to just share a few highlights of what I felt God teach me um, during the journey um, and just how he revealed his faithfulness to us. So to avoid confusion, I'll just mention that my husband's name is also Steve. So I'm going to be bouncing back and forth between Steve Sudworth and Steve Weinrich, but it's Steve and I that wanted to start a family together just to start the, the story there. Uh, So my Steve and I um, have always wanted children, and we've been married for about eight years now, and in the beginning of 2013, we'd been married for two years, and we felt like, cool, we're ready to start a family, we're super excited, Um, and a couple months after we'd made that decision, um, in April of that year, in fact, never saw again, tapped me on the shoulder during worship and asked to speak to me, and I'm like, that's weird. Um, I was on the hosting team, so I thought maybe she had a question about coffee or something, so I went to the back. And she asked me if my husband and I were trying to have a baby. And I was like, yes, we are. Um, And then she said, well, she felt, she actually asked me if we'd been struggling for a while. And I was like, no, we've just started trying. And she was like, okay, well, I just felt God tell me to come and tell you that he is going to bless you with children in his perfect timing. And I was, we were so encouraged by this word, um, and I know that, you know, that might be stretching for some of you if, if you don't know Jesus yet or if you're not comfortable with the prophetic, you know, that can sound a bit stretching, a bit weird, but we believe that God speaks to us um, through his word and directly, through to, directly to ourselves, through others, um, and he gives us promises to hold on to. 
Um, and so we were incredibly encouraged by this word, but we did not know at the time that it would actually be six years, almost to the day, before we would see the answer to that promise. So after trying for a baby for about six months, God actually opened the door for us to move to Chicago from South Africa. Um, I should have mentioned that that's where the story started. Um, and so we decided to put starting a family on hold for a year while we moved to Chicago and got settled. Um, and then we began trying for a family again in September of 2014. And I grew more and more disappointed and despondent and discouraged as the months turned into years um, and nothing was happening. Um, over the next four years, just at a very high-level summary, we went through many, many trials and disappointments, um, including eight unsuccessful rounds of fertility treatment and two miscarriages. It was very hard waiting on this unfulfilled promise because I wanted God's timing to be my timing. And my timing was, you know, yesterday. God, what, you know, what's up? Why are you taking so long? Um, and this was something I know Steve Sudworth touched on last week. Um, about wanting to control the how and the when. And it was something that I really, really struggled with because I understand why his timing wasn't my timing. It was hard not to compare myself to others, not to question if I'd done something wrong, um, you know, if, if it was something that I was doing um, that was preventing us from having a baby. Um, it was hard not to feel jealous of others. It was hard having our hope deferred again and again and again. It was hard to not feel that this was a test in some way, that God would only give me my baby when I had passed the test of faith, when I could go through a disappointment and not be upset or not be angry at him. Um, I remember feeling that way and coming up for prayer a number of times that I'm like, this has to be a test and I'm failing because I'm doubting God and I'm not always sure of his promises and that's why he's not giving me um, the answer to our prayers. And that was something that God really had to get me to recognize and release and surrender to him as well. Um, and, and to realize that that is, of course, completely untrue. Um, through all of these struggles and shortcomings, though, through my times of doubt and unbelief, both Steve and I, you know, we, we of course, struggled along this journey. And there were times where we did doubt God at his word, um, where, you know, we were angry, we were upset. And through all of that, God was still so faithful to us in that wait. He revealed his faithfulness and signs of his love to us in so many ways throughout this journey. Um, I won't touch on all of them. I'll just pick a few highlights. Firstly, he led us here to Anthem Church, um, which in it of itself was such a God thing. And here we just found our church family in Chicago, being so far away from home. And we've been so loved and supported throughout our journey here. Um, God also laid us on the hearts of many people around the world who felt to pray for us and stand with us and continually give us words of encouragement and prayer over the years of our journey. Um, he also brought people into our lives that were going through a similar journey that we could walk alongside and feel understood. Um, and a faith journey and life's challenges are hard you to surround us. Doing it by yourself is impossible. Um, so I really encourage you to surround yourself with a community who can stand with you, who can pray for you, who can hold your hands up when you are not strong enough to do that for yourself. Um, I know Steve touched on this as well last week from Hebrews 12 around a cloud of witnesses, and it is just so important. We're not meant to do this alone. Um, whatever your struggle is, reach out, ask for help, come for prayer, um, and ask God to bring 
people into your life who can walk through that journey that you're on with you. Um, other little things where I just felt God's love and saw his hand over our lives. He led us to a fertility specialist that you know, I just chose based on reviews, etc. And when we went to our first meeting with him, he opened his mouth and started speaking in a South African accent, and I realized that he was South African. <laughs> Come all the way to Chicago to find a South African doctor. And that was just something small but big for me. Um, he made me, he, he's one of the top specialists in the world, and he has hundreds of patients, and yet he made me feel special. He made me feel loved and cared for. He always spoke to his nurses saying, take good care of her. She's my South African patient. My South African patients are my favorite patients. So he just... I just, I just felt God's love and saw God's hand in, in things like that through the journey. Um, in 2016, we, we actually went through six rounds of fertility treatment in, in a year. It was really grueling, um, and it requires a lot of doctor's appointments, a lot of blood tests, a lot of ultrasounds. And God actually gave Steve and I jobs, new jobs, in the same building at 600 West Chicago, which was the same building as my fertility specialist. <laughs> So that was just another area of God showing his hand during the journey. Um, it just made everything so much easier logistically um, that we were all in the same place. Most importantly, though, God spoke to us both directly and through others. He gave us so many pictures, words of encouragement, and prophecies throughout our journey, which helped strengthen us and help us because there are so many. But I just wanted to highlight a few. Um, about three years ago, we actually received several different prophecies from about three or four different people that God was going to give us twin girls. And that was obviously a very, very specific word. God doesn't always speak that way in such specific terms, but we were very blessed to receive such a specific word, and it really did seem impossible to us in the natural. Like, we can't, you know, we can't even get pregnant. How, how am I going to have twins, you know? That, that just sounds crazy. Um, but it stirred faith in us to trust God for the impossible. Okay, God, this is what you're saying. Then we're going to trust that that's what you're going to do. Um, he also spoke to Steve in a dream about two years ago. And Steve audibly heard the voice of God break through his dream and tell him that he was going to give us our children in April. Um, this was in like November 2017-ish, I think. And so at the time I was like, this April? What is children? Does it mean I'll get pregnant in April? Because it needs to be this April, right? It has to be this April. I can't wait until next April. That's another year and a half. Like, <laughs> and again, just trying to control in my mind, try to figure out how is God going to do this? When is God going to do this? Um, and again, just God gently just encouraging me and just speaking to me of like, encouraging me along the way, saying, I've got this. I've got this. Bringing these words, bringing these pictures bringing these things of encouragement that gave us some, re, you know, refilled our, our faith tank and, and gave us so much hope, but just constantly nudging me to just let it go and leave it in his hands and not in mine. Um, on the day of our very first IVF procedure, as we were walking into the hospital, there was a clear double rainbow exactly over the hospital building, um, which we also just thought was amazing. We took that to just be a reminder of his promise to us and specifically as a reminder of his promise about twins, you know, a double rainbow. We actually went on to see two other double rainbows um, over the course of the next year, which I don't think are all that common, especially when they're, you know, huge and bright. So we always felt that that was another way that God was speaking to us. And then God gave us about a year and a half or two years ago. I actually felt him tell me to not just, you know, spend time sitting and reading his word, but to actually write these verses that I was standing on, to write them down in big, 
big letters on pieces of paper and to actually stick them. He gave me a picture, I could see it in my mind, of sticking them on pieces of paper around the room that I was trusting to become our nursery one day. And to every day, walk around that room and, and speak out, out loud, those verses. Um, and it really did grow my faith. It encouraged me doing that because I was standing on the promises of God. And I'm going to share some of those verses in a moment um, and sort of the lessons that God taught me through them. And then God did the impossible. Um, last year, we went through our ninth round of fertility treatment, um, and everything started out great. We started with 14 embryos, which is a lot um, in fertility terms. But within five days, the, you know, they monitor them to see how they grow the first five days. Within five days, they had all died except for one. I remember even thinking to myself, but now how's God going to give us twins? Because now all my embryos have died. Now, now he can't give me twins. How's the prophecy going to come true? You know, trying to, again, like Steve shared last week, I'm trying to figure it out in my own mind um, and, and just co continually having to surrender, leave it at the cross, leave it in God's hands and stop taking it into my own hands. Um, not only did we only have one embryo, the embryo that we had was very poor quality. Our doctor called us in before the transfer and he said, look, this embryo is really slow to develop. It's a, so, you know, this embryo is going to miscarry pretty much. Let's start, let's start planning for your next egg retrieval and your next round of fertility treatment. Um, we decided not to accept that diagnosis, and so we left that doctor's appointment and said, no, we, you know, we're not going to accept what the doctor's saying. We're still trusting for and speaking life over this embryo. Um, but obviously, the situation was just seeming more and more Im improbable. But God, not only did I get pregnant, but God, which is a less than 1% chance of happening, regardless of whether or not you do IVF, doctors can't even explain identical twins or why embryos split. It's something that spontaneously happens, and it happens less than 1% of the time. So it was, it was just incredible, and I feel the way that God wrote that story, it was to glorify his name that it was, of course, God that did that, because, you know, if... If it had been my way of, oh, I need two embryos and I need to, I kept saying to my doctor, I want to transfer two embryos because I was trying to make, you know, the prophecy happen. And then people wouldn't have been as amazed because of like, oh yeah, but everyone who does IVF and transfers two embryos has twins, whatever. Um, but it was, it was God that wrote the story and it was God that was glorified through that because in doctor's terms, in the natural, it was not supposed to happen. And he still brought the miracle to pass because he is the God of the impossible. Our due date, we then found out, was the 18th of April, just like the dream that God had given Steve. And when I was 13 weeks pregnant, we did genetic testing and found out that we were having girls, just as God had said we would. Um, and there they are on the, on the screen. Four months ago, we finally got to meet the daughters who had been promised to us so many years ago. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Hannah Faith and Leah Grace which were also names that God gave me years ago that I wrote in my prayer journal and trusted that he was going to give me these two daughters. Um, we are still just in absolute awe of this miracle and of the faithfulness of God in fulfilling his promise to us and his faithfulness to us during the wait. What I can see now with hindsight is that God was using this season of waiting to build endurance in Steve and I. He was refining our characters but most importantly, he was revealing more of his character to us and helping us to develop a deeper intimacy with him. 
I know that I, none of these things would have happened had we not gone on this journey of struggle. And so what I'd like to do now is just walk through some of what Jesus, we go to the next slide, is that God struggle, I really wanted to negotiate with God and I tried hard to negotiate with him. I wanted to tell him what his promise should look like, um, as I mentioned. But God does not actually negotiate. And the reason God does not negotiate is because negotiations are dependent on both parties upholding their ends of the deal. You have to do your part for the other person to do their part. So that is why God does not negotiate with you, no matter how hard you try. Instead, God makes covenants. And what a covenant is, is it's a one-way promise. And so that means that regardless of what we do, he is going to fulfill what he has said and his end of what he has promised without us having to do anything. Um, the verse that I had written down and stood on um, around this was Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. If you're taking notes or you want some other verses to encourage you, um, I'd encourage you to look up Isaiah 55 verse 11 and Numbers 23 verse 19 because those also were verses that I stood on around this just talking about how God, his word does not return void and he does not lie. So we can trust what his word says in the Bible. The second thing that God taught me through this as I've alluded to is that trials and struggles build character and develop endurance. Trials actually give us the opportunity to grow closer to Jesus, and they allow him to reveal new aspects of his character to us. The word endurance actually means to continue to do something difficult and unpleasant. I'm sure you guys can all relate to that. No one would, no one would choose to be able to, to, to choose to have to continue doing something difficult and unpleasant, but God will give you strength to get through it, and he will take you through whatever the struggle is or the pain is that you're going through. He will walk with you side by side. So don't look to your left or to your right. I think this was one of the things that I had to learn and, and that I struggled with a lot initially. Um, don't compare yourself to others. Stay in your lane. Run your race that God has mapped out for you. Hebrews 12 tells us to run the race with perseverance, the race that he's laid out for you personally. Um, something that stuck with me that someone once said is that comparison is the thief of joy and a drainer of endurance. And that's really stayed with me because I realized that when I was at my most sad and down, it was when I was comparing myself to others, to others' prayers who had been answered before mine or to someone who wasn't a Christian and their life seemed to be going, you know, great. Um, and it just robs you of your joy. When you're not comparing yourself, when you're running your race in your lane, and when you're focused on God um, and his faithfulness, you can have joy in the journey. Um, and so Romans 5 verse 3, I really like the Passion Translation of this, um, sums that up really well. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. Um, there's also, of course, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, about God never leaving us or forsaking us. The next thing is that God, as I, I've said several times, God is faithful during the journey. Um, something that Steve preached on a year or two ago that has always stuck with me um, is that the purpose of our 
faith journey is not the promise. And that is what for so many years I was holding on to. You know, the purpose is getting the answer, getting the promise, seeing God's faithfulness when he finally answers that prayer or brings that breakthrough that you're trusting for. The, the actual purposes of, of our faith journey is intimacy with Jesus. And that was quite a breakthrough moment for me when Steve first preached that because that was exactly how I had been approaching my struggle is just focused on the answer instead of focused on the intimacy with um, Jesus wants to journey with you as well. Something that I, an aspect of his character that he revealed to us through our journey was just his compassion. Um, he, you know, it's not just in answering our prayers. He's such a source of comfort in our pain. Um, and I've got so many verses that I had on my wall um, that speak to this. I'll just read two, um, and I'll give you the others as reference if you want to write them down. The first is Psalm 118, 5 to 6. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. And Psalm 56, verse 8. You've kept track of all my wandering and my weeping. You've stored my many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost, for they are all recorded in your book of remembrance. That one, I think, was just particularly special to me, knowing each time I, each time I cried out in pain and disappointment, that those moments were not going unnoticed, that God was recording those tears, that he was feeling my pain with me, and that he was there in those moments bringing comfort to me. Three others that you can reference if you'd like. Psalm 34, verse 18. Psalm 37, verse 1. And Habakkuk 3, verse 19. This one was one that I really struggled with. We will not understand everything. There are going to be pieces of our story that are not going to make sense to us, no matter how much we try to figure it out. And the reason for this is because we can't and will never see the full picture. We're not designed to. If we could, we would be God and we wouldn't need God. And this is, this is the part that's tough because it's hard for us, especially A-type or you know, super organized, in control people, um, we want to control everything, we want to understand everything, we want to be able to figure it out. Um, but God can use anything. He can use any situation, and his promise to us is that he will use it for our good. Um, so it had been about three and a half third for a second time, and I just didn't understand. I just didn't understand, God, why are you answering my prayer and then snatching it away from me. It just seems cruel. It seems unfair. Like, I, I don't understand. And I just kept saying that. I don't understand. I don't understand. I need to understand. And I felt like I was thinking, if I could just understand why, then I'll be able to get past this or get over it. Um, and I think it took people saying it to me and also just God revealing it in my heart that even if I did understand, it actually wouldn't help. It actually wouldn't make me feel any better. Um, the, best, the only thing that could heal my heart is actually just giving it over to God, letting Him heal those wounds, letting Him comfort me in my pain, and just trusting Him like a child, with childlike faith, I don't understand. Just like our kids don't understand why we say to do certain things, we're doing it for their good, even if, because they don't have the perspective. And it's the same thing. We just have to have that childlike faith because we know that our God is faithful. He's the forever faithful God. And so we don't have to understand to be able to trust. Um, and you can just trust that your heavenly Father has what's best for you, even if 
Your circumstances don't look that way at the time. Isaiah 55 verse 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Next, we need to keep pressing into Jesus during the season of struggle. Um, It can be easy to get angry with God at times, or to want to try and take things into your own strength. Believe me, I tried. This does not work. Um, the best thing that we can do is to just press into Jesus during those seasons um, because God's word says that he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 sums this up so beautifully. Without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God for we come to God in faith knowing that he is seeking him. And sorry, most of these are references from the Passion Translation because I really love the Passion Translation. I just feel like it brings it to life so beautifully. Um, others are Psalm 37, verse 34. This one, was a, this one was big for me. So don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep moving forward steadily in his ways, and he will exalt you at the right time. And when he does, you will possess every promise, including your full inheritance. And then Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3 is also a really, a really great one that helped me. And finally, we can still actually live filled with hope, even in our difficult seasons. We can live with faith, knowing that every season does have an end. And I stand here as someone who, believe me, felt like my season was never ending. Um, When I was in it, it was hard sometimes to believe that it would ever be different um, to what it is. But Steve talked about this last week in his sermon Um, that sometimes, you know, we can see our suffering as never-ending. But God has stated in His Word that every season has a beginning and an end. So you can trust that your season of suffering will come to an end. And because we can trust God and His faithfulness, we can actually speak God's promises and declare His truth over our lives and declare His faithfulness even before we've seen the promise, even before we've had the breakthrough or before we've seen the miracle in our lives. And this actually keeps us focused on who God is rather than on our circumstances. Romans 15 verse 13 says, now may, the God, uh, now may God, the inspiration and foundation of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continue, continue, continually surround your life with his, sorry, mine cut off, <laughs> super abundance until you radiate with hope. So, taught me um, To summarize, I'd love to give you some practical ways um, that we can respond during seasons of struggle or seasons of waiting. The first thing we need to do is to believe. Believe that God has the best for you. Secondly, We need to declare, declare every day our need for Jesus and that he has paid the price for it all on the cross, just as we took communion and reminded of ourselves of that this morning. The third one, which is so key, is to surrender. And this is one that I think a lot of us struggle with. We have to accept that God does things differently and that we can leave him in control. We can't make our breakthrough happen especially not in our timing. And so we need to leave the how and the when to him. When we actually surrender, we can have joy in the journey. 
Um, and, and this is something that I really found for myself as well. God led me to truly surrender the timing to him about two years ago. He revealed that that was something in my heart that I was struggling with. And when I did, I was actually given such joy and peace during my waiting process because I had surrendered it and I knew that he was in control. Next, we need to stand on the truth of God's word. It's so critical to spend time in the Word and to meditate on God's promises because God's Word does not return void, as He says in Isaiah 55. Negative thoughts will come. You will have times of discouragement where things don't go your way, but you have to make a decision to stay focused on who you know your God is and what His promises to you are, no matter what your circumstances say. And that's why staying in the Word is so key, because if you don't, it's easy to lose sight of those. Next, we need to hold on to the revelation that God has given us that He is faithful. God doesn't show favoritism, so be encouraged by examples of testimony, that, um, by examples of God's does not show favoritism. God did not choose me and Steve. So whatever you have this amazing breakthrough, what He's done for us, He can and wants to do for you too. So whatever your struggle is, be encouraged um, by others' testimony and hold on to that revelation of his faithfulness. And finally, release. We can and should release the blessing of God to others even during our season of struggle. One of the ways that you can do this, um, and which I felt to share because it was something that was so critical for us, is that when someone pops into your mind randomly, act on it. Reach out to that person, pray for them, reach out to them and see how they're doing because that's not random. That's actually the Holy Spirit prompting you. And it's so important to be obedient to that. I don't know how we would have managed on our faith journey had people not been respon responsive and obedient to the Holy Spirit when they were told to reach out to us. We had so many people that would reach out, encourage us, send, 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 send us words of encouragement or prayers, just pray with us. Um, and so that's something that I try to be responsive and obedient to now as well. I used to think it was random when someone popped into my head like, oh, I wonder how she's doing. Now I'm like, let me check on how she's doing and see how I can pray for her. So you can still be a blessing in your season of struggle to others as you're trusting for your own breakthrough. Um, so just encourage you to do that. Don't get so focused on, on your own journey. Um, actually, by reaching out to others and helping them on their journeys as well makes, makes your journey easier. So to conclude, I'd just like to remind us all that despite the hardships, um, despite the struggles, despite the seasons of waiting, our God truly is forever faithful. Um, we could spend all our days trying to discover the limits of his faithfulness and his greatness, but we never will, um, because as Psalm 145 verse 3 says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. So I hope that that brought you some encouragement today, um, even I, um, as well as the rest of the ministry team. Um, the three areas that I felt on my heart specifically to pray um, is firstly, perhaps you are struggling with the how and the when in a certain situation in your lives. Maybe you, you have a promise that you're holding on to and that God has given you, or you've been waiting for breakthrough. Um, if there's an area in your life that you realize that you need to surrender to the Lord, that you need to surrender the how and the when to Him, we'd love to pray for you. Secondly, for those of you in the midst of a difficult journey, if your faith tank, faith tank feels depleted and you're doubting God's promises for you and His faithfulness, 
we'd love to pray for you to have a fresh revelation of childlike faith. And thirdly, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus or have a relationship with him yet. If you haven't surrendered your heart to him, um, we would love to pray for you as well if you, would, if you would like to have a relationship with Jesus today. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.